The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, one year into the COVID-19 pandemic. It's been quite a year to think where we were 365 days ago. If someone gets within five feet of me, I'm like, you know, what's your deal, person? What, what is your deal? Pfizer CEO Albert Borla on the year that was and attempting to lead Americans out of the pandemic. The price for all Americans is free right now. The price of the government is a, a fraction of what the economy is gaining. Plus the drug maker's vaccine efficacy. What I know it is our vaccine is protecting against asymptomatic infections, 94%. It's Thursday, it's March 370th something. Elbow bumps for life, folks. It is 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And we're going to start things out this morning with the money. It is about the money. Let's talk about the markets. Gentlemen, let's take a look at the Squawk stack this morning. Not sure where we left things. I think Tesla was in yesterday. Oh, we're back to GameStop, which is down 10 percent this morning. Anything anybody wants to change up or add? Uh, no, I, I want a GameStop because yesterday I think it was 350 at one point. Uh, so maybe wow. we can't really we can't really fit, fit in a chart there, uh, but we could use one. The ten year, as you yeah. say, is right about where it's been. But because ten basis points is such a small amount, but it looks way different than one six, which is where it was on Monday. Anything so, below one five, all of a sudden I'm like, hey, we're we're off the but recent highs. But it was one six yeah. on Monday when we started, and, and one six on Monday right. and four straight days with big gains. So so far, it looks like a, a pretty good call. The uh, I was looking I think at the I bit, had- you want to add uh, Roblox? We should, well, we should add Roblox. That, that might work. Just for the day. We could Instead do that for Bitcoin, fun. Instead of Bitcoin, maybe today. And what else? We might, have to, we might actually have to put up Coupang later today. Yeah. And at some point we should, but we're going to have to get Steve Leisman or somebody to do polling for this. We should get a percentage of Americans vaccinated. Vaccinated. That's line. a very good idea. I think we could have a separate chart that, that leads line. into this. I wish we had number I, and I, of. You know, the other thing I'd like to keep an eye on is that Beeple NFT. I mean, that has <laughs> got to be what? something that tells you about how much liquidity there is out there. I think we should get a, a not how many people vaccinated. That's too complicated. That's one shot, two shots. I think it should be everyone vaccinated with either one or two and everybody that's had COVID. Yeah. Because we don't know. It's like see, people have said it's six times. And then I want to see I want to see where we are because someone said it could be 60 percent, 65 percent. So we know Texas is open. Well, we know there's that, all these I mean, reopening. We passed 25 million who have had covid already. And yeah, I think we are now past that in terms of people who have at least got one shot. No. And I think you could at least double, if not triple. I said it's six times that maybe might be six times yeah. that, that. So and then Dr. Macari said, right. Yeah, then we talked to uh, Gottlieb yesterday, who said that it will flip from us people begging to get the shots to, to the, sh- the shooters begging to right, give to people us the shots. Begging shot. them to get the shots. And yep. also some interesting pieces today about these companies that have done so well, 
we assume that that they've moved up to a new level and that they don't give you know three steps up, maybe one step back. Will it only be one step back for for the stay at homers? For I mean, DoorDash. No, did you see that? What I will tell you, it's not going to be the thing it, I thought was step. most. The thing I thought was most interesting yesterday, um, maybe one of our sleeper interviews, was uh, the port, the head of the ports down in South Carolina, just talking about how, look, you are. He, he thinks it's all because people have been sitting at home. One of the biggest things that they've seen coming through the ports has been furniture because people have been buying for their homes, and he does not think it will last. We believe that as we get to herd immunity, you know, more vaccinations, that people will go back and start consuming more services. You only need so many Peloton bikes, flat screen TVs. So I think it will revert to normal. Uh, but that should not be in our view until, you know, June, July and the summertime, basically. And then that is the normal peak season. So it remains to be seen if the economy is strong, you know, what the peak season will look like this year. We've got to keep checking in with him to see when he says, right. OK, we've gotten through this glut and maybe things are starting to slow down because that means consumers. He said they're not spending on going out to eat. They're not spending on traveling. They are spending on their home. If you can watch kind of with the ports, the demand drop down, that tells you a lot about those stocks that have risen just like you've been talking about, Joe. Yeah, I, I, there's I mean, going to be some give back on the, the sentiment on, on the stay at home sector. And, and maybe there is some disappointment. And, and I sleeper interview. How about the just a um, just the slightest bit less than our normal blockbuster interview? Is that possible? I, mean, I don't just know the, if people paid enough attention to it. It was my favorite interview from yesterday, but I don't know if people paid enough attention to it. We don't do sleeper interviews. It really interviews. was my favorite interview. I learned we've more never than had a sleep. We've never had a sleeper interview. We have unbelievable well, okay, blockbusters. And when you looked at our big okay. guest list yesterday, you might not have assumed that it was a favorite, right. but it was my favorite interview yesterday because I learned something totally different. When was that on? That was yesterday. Well, okay. You're right. Maybe yeah. I'm with I'm with Becky. If, if if you haven't bought your Peloton yet, I don't know if you're ever buying a Peloton. So, oh, that's uh, what, the, you're with me. These, that's I started saying it. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's what that right. was. Yeah, don't you think it's you two can be on the same team? No, we don't want to be on the same. Team. I, We're all on the same. I, team. We're all I, by the way, we we ended up getting a, we <laughs> got a Peloton treadmill during the during the pandemic. But I Did I don't really? I can't imagine. I mean, there will be people who will need to See, continue to buy Peloton equipment and things. A treadmill to think that treadmill. this is going to become. Yeah, what treadmills you are good. Treadmill. You didn't get the, the treadmill. Great. Yeah, I, I'm the sure. tread is great. But but I but all I was going to say is I think a lot of people who wanted to do this did it now. And to think that over the yeah. next 12 months, 18 months, that somehow that kind of growth is going to either be sustained or even look similar, I think is hard to believe. But who knows? Today, March 11th, is a milestone. President Biden will make his first primetime address tonight to address the next phase of the U.S. COVID response. He'll also commemorate the one-year anniversary of the, at the time, unbelievable shutdowns taken across the nation at the beginning of the pandemic. Here's the head of the World Health Organization one year ago today. WHO has been assessing this outbreak around the clock and we're deeply concerned both by the alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. We have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. March 11th, 2020, the U.S. had confirmed 1,000 cases of the novel coronavirus. In the year since, nearly 30 million Americans tested positive, and more than 529,000 of our fellow citizens have died. 
Also during that time, three vaccines were developed and approved by U.S. regulators, and nearly 96 million shots have been administered. Almost 25% of the country's adult population has received at least one shot. It's been quite a year. Quite a year it has been to think where we were uh, 365 days ago, Joe. In, 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 in your brain trying to figure it out, it, there are things that I think have been, feel, seem like they were 10 years ago, and then there's things that, I mean, Easter, <laughs> I swear we, we just, we still do, we still hide eggs in our house. My kids are 21 and 19, Yeah, 21 and 18, okay. okay. And, and they have, you know, maybe candy, maybe a message, like a nice message, something to think about or in there. But I swear we were just, well, I actually don't do it. I was just watching someone do that, uh, hide all of them. It seems the like Easter it was. Bunny. Yeah, the Easter Bunny. That's right, the Easter Bunny. That seems like last week. But then other things seem like this has just been the endless, endless mask wearing. Uh, and I don't know. I'm still uh, people. I was walking around, uh, you know, outside in a park yesterday. And if someone gets within five feet of me, I'm like, you know, what's your deal, person? What what is your deal? Do you not understand Joe, that, was you that before this... the pandemic? <laughs> that was people around me. Those other people. Get away from me. No, but there are, there will be some. <laughs> Some of that's going to be hard to to change, right? I'd feel really weird at a yeah. crowded bar. I read an article I, I yesterday can, about how people are going to have a hard time coming back out. Yeah, yeah. right. That's that. Look, I I'm not going back to kissing people anytime soon on the cheek, except for my immediate family. Right. Um, do you think that restaurants elbow bumps for life, folks? Yeah, elbow. Do you think restaurants go initially? have more business than prior to it? And does DoorDash initially go down below it was before it started? Or, or is it not all the way back? I don't know about DoorDash going down, but I think restaurants will have more business. I've cooked dinner, I think now, 365 nights in a row at home, and I am sick of it. Oh, I, that, not everybody has done that. I've been out a lot, but not everyone has. But you've got, you know, uh, obviously, you know, your parents and everything else. But we have... That's somebody I'm protecting, yeah. Yeah, you must be just... Nuts. Sick uh, of it. Yeah, imagine how sick they are of my cooking. My gosh. Yeah. Has you gotten any better, would you say? Yes. Practice? I have you all have. kinds Pro- of new recipes now. Practice yeah. makes perfect. Well, I have new recipes I've tried. It's just, you know, yeah. it's breaking out of your habits. You, gotta, you can't have the same four meals or six meals. You've got to break out and find new things, and I've gotten much better at Can that. Can I make a suggestion? Someone sent me one of those slow cookers, and it has my face on it. So this is years ago, five, six, eight ah, years ago. We have it, too. We Remember, all we all got those. We all got it. All right. It's so the embarrassing. Slow cookers. You can make anything. I think you could, make, you could put a shoe in there, and it'd be like, wow, this is, uh, you know, you put enough <laughs> chicken broth and maybe some mushroom soup and let it go for, for like 12 hours. It'd be like yep. not bad. The sole might not be as good as the leather part, but... I made pork chops in there. It, you can. Uh, we've got some really good slow cooker. Have you done a slow cooker, Becky? Or you just I have a- chicken and dump. You can make chicken and dumplings oh. in them too. And there's a really good beef stew you can make in it. Yeah. Um, there's just beef that if you let it marinate for 12 hours becomes super tender. Look at Sorkin though. He, le- he weighs less. I guess that's the treadmill. Uh, everybody else has gained weight. The is treadmill it- is life changing, guys. Just so you know. Next on Squawk Pod, a year into pandemic and Pfizer's journey to today's vaccine. CEO Albert Borla. This is the first time that we are coming with a confirmation of a real world evidence study of that magnitude. And of course, we never expected that high number, 94%. 
What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Today on the podcast, one year. And on this anniversary of a once-in-a-lifetime global pandemic, a year that has felt difficult, even endless, it's staggering to think how close we are to the other side. President Biden has said every American adult who wants to be vaccinated should be able to receive that shot in the arm by the end of May. In this country, about 2 million shots a day are being administered. Late last year, just in November, pharmaceutical giant Pfizer announced that its COVID vaccine, developed in months, was more than 90% effective. For doctors Monsef Slawi, who advised the Trump White House's Operation Warp Speed initiative, and Anthony Fauci, head of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease, news of that breakthrough was a powerful moment. The closer you get to the, the result, the more you become kind of, oh my God, oh my God, is it going to work or not? I was outside in the back yard with my mask on <laughs> of a friend's home and I got my my cell phone went off and I got up and I took it because you know the people who have my cell phones are, are people who who I should probably talk to and it was uh, Albert Bourla who is the CEO of Pfizer and he said you're not going to believe this but the results are absolutely amazing he said it's well over 90 percent Albert Bourla called just as the press release was coming out. And just to say, you know, efficacy is 90%. And it was incredible. Honestly, it was like one of those moments of joy that you remember forever. It was like, oh my goodness gracious. It was sort of like a bright ray of sun pushing all the clouds away. That was an incredible feeling that night. It was kind of liberating because that's the minute you know. Ultimately, we're going to take back control of our lives from this virus. Monday, November 9th, 2020, and Squawk Box begins right now. Breaking news from Pfizer this morning about its vaccine and a 90% uh, efficacy. 90% efficacy. 90% effective. This is good for 900 to 1,000 points on the Dow. Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer. It is a, a great day for science. It is a great day for humanity. I think we can see light at the end of the tunnel. I woke up to a horoscope that said you may be rather emotional about something today. I swear to God. I swear to God. Pfizer CEO Albert Borla is out with an open letter today, reflecting on the loss of human life from COVID and the incredible record pace of vaccine scientists. He also praised the power of collaboration, particularly Pfizer's partnership with Germany's BioNTech that resulted in the world's first approved COVID-19 vaccine. And he says thanks to those efforts, liberation is on the horizon. Albert Borla joined our Squawk Box TV anchors and CNBC's Meg Terrell today. Meg kicks things off. Albert, thanks for being with us this morning on this you know, one-year anniversary, Mark. Uh, you know, and you have this amazing vaccine and more data coming out this morning from real-world use in Israel. And, and I honestly had to check this stat multiple times to make sure I understood it. 94% effectiveness in preventing asymptomatic infection on the ground there in Israel. Tell us about what you're finding there and what this means for stopping this virus. 
Oh, thank, thank you, Megan. It is a great opportunity, I think, that in this day of the first anniversary of the declaration of pandemic, we do have a message of hope coming from a country where they have vaccinated almost, uh, they have actually on Monday, 5 million of their people. My look, small number for Israelis, that means that they have vaccinated more than 55% of the total population, more than almost 80% of the eligible population, 16 and above, which is the vaccine. The data basically are telling us three things, I would say, May. The first is that they are confirming the efficacy. Actually, the efficacy so far in Israel is coming at uh, 97%. And that is not uh, efficacy only against deaths or hospitalizations, but also on uh, mild disease. So everything, all three measures, mild disease, hospitalizations, and deaths are north of 97% in real-world efficacy with millions of people vaccinated. The second, and as you pointed out, likely most important of all, it is that uh, the data are demonstrating 94% uh, efficacy on asymptomatic. This is, means that 94% protection against you getting infected, even if you don't have the disease. Um, this is extremely important, uh, not particularly for you because you will not have the disease, but for society. Because uh, the asymptomatic uh, carriers, the asymptomatic patients are the ones that they are uh, spreading the disease mainly. So this uh, is the first time that we were expecting to have something uh, good in terms of uh, preventing asymptomatic, but uh, this is the first time that we are coming with a confirmation of a real world evidence study of that magnitude. And of course, we never expected that high number, 94%. And also, very interestingly, this was uh, this evidence was collected during a time when that B117, you know, highly contagious variant, was dominant in Israel, and it, and it shows that your vaccine is equally or even more effective than we saw in the clinical trials against that variant. Tell us about what Pfizer is doing to stay ahead of these mutations in the virus. What you're looking at in terms of booster shots, and what you expect in terms of the efficacy against some of the other concerning variants. You're absolutely right. Actually, this is the third very important thing that comes out of this study. But 80% uh, uh, of uh, the strains, the dominance was 80% of the UK strain over there. And we achieved all these results. So this is promising against variants. Um, what we are doing against variants, we have already initiated a study that um, we will try to see two things. If we boost our vaccine uh, with um, the same uh, third dose of the vaccine in six months, uh, and if we boost uh, our vaccine with an uh, adapted uh, vaccine for the South African uh, variant, which seems to be the toughest one, again, six months of all. And um, we will see, first of all, if we don't need a boost because we have very good protection already with the two doses that um, the, the original schedule is, or if we can achieve better protection by giving a third, or if we can achieve better protection by moving to a new a vaccine that uh, will boost the results. And uh, all of these studies, uh, we have initiated them already. We started dosing with, uh, with the, the, the boost. Uh, we will jump into a few weeks into the, the new variant. And um, we will have some evidence if uh, there is a need to do something different than what we are doing right now. So you're testing those booster shots at six months. I wonder how you're looking at the virus right now and the immune response generated by the vaccine. It's only a year into this pandemic, a brand new virus. We've only had the vaccines for a few months, so it's it's hard to know. But 
What are you planning as a company in terms of needing to make enough vaccine for potential boosters? Are you modeling that this could be a twice a year shot that people have to get? Of course, of course, we are modeling, and um, we believe that uh, I'm opti- optimistic, cautiously optimistic that pretty soon the supply will not be there. We may face other issues, logistics, how to make sure that we vaccinate all these people, or we make sure that people that they are not convinced that they get to, uh, they need to get the vaccine, uh, need to be convinced. But supply after a few months, I don't think it will be an issue, at least from our side. Right now, as we had announced to the world, we were about to make. Uh, uh, more than two billion doses. Actually, I, I reviewed with my team um, the, our manufacturing readiness recently, and right now, uh, on a steady state, for example, on uh, the entire 22, we will be have a capacity of three billion doses. That will be uh, if you have the run rate of what we are doing right now. It's going to be north of two billions only this year, um, full year capacity of three billion doses. This is uh, a good enough uh, to supply a very very big part of of uh, the humanity. Hey, Albert, very quickly, just we have been arguing for some time that it doesn't matter which vaccine you get, if it's Moderna, if it's Pfizer, if it's J&J, even though J&J had lower efficacy numbers, um, because we said it wasn't really apples to apples, that they were being tested at a time when all these new variants that were were out there and when the case count was higher, too, so that likely the the effectiveness was um, much more similar. Based on this new information that you're hearing, should I still feel that way? I mean, I would still get any shot because I know that all of them are likely to keep me out of the hospital and I, I won't die if I get any of them. I won't die from COVID. But if you do pick up a mild version of it, even if it's not something that sets you down, could you be more likely to transmit it to somebody else in your household or someone else you come in contact with who has not been vaccinated? Look, I'm getting this question a lot, and I don't think it's elegant for me to speak about um, other vaccines. But I will tell you in full honesty what I'm telling to my relatives or my my family, but they're asking me what to do. And I tell them, if you get, uh, if you try to get an appointment for a Pfizer vaccine and uh, the sender will give it to you in two months and you can get uh, an appointment for another vaccine, let's say, say, let's say this week, I urge you go and do the Jane Zay vaccine. I understand that entirely, and I think that that is the right thing to do, and I think that is what I would do. But if you have someone who can't get the vaccine because they have some other issue, they have cancer or their child, they still can't get it. If you get a mild-grade version of this, are you likely to transmit it to somebody? Or does it really cut down, no matter which vaccine you get, does it cut down the transmittability? Are they the same in that level? I don't know. What I know, it is our vaccine is blocking, uh, uh, is protecting against asymptomatic infections. Uh, to 94%. I don't know uh, the data about j and or Moderna. Hey, Albert, it's great to see you. And, and again, thank you, thank you. Uh, just on behalf of everybody. Um, my question to you is, there was a, a, a great story about you and Pfizer uh, on the cover of, of Business Week last week. And it made an int- there was an interesting question embedded in it around the profit incentive and, and how to think about that. Um, your company is going to make a, a, a very good and healthy, more than healthy profit uh, off of this uh, over, over the next couple of years. Uh, I know you hope and I'm sure the board hopes. J&J chose not to. Um, and I'm curious how you think about that in this context. I think that um, everybody, I, I don't want to criticize or, or let's say to make comments about others. In our case, we have made the following decisions. One was that we didn't take any taxpayer money to develop it. We took all the risk on our shoulders. We didn't do it that because that would allow us to price it at higher levels. Because as you can see, we price it uh, 
actually even smaller prices than other similar vaccines or what we have heard the U.S. has purchased. Uh, so, or very similar or lower. Uh, so it was not the case. It was the case we didn't take the money because we felt that this will allow us to liberate our scientists from, let's say, the bureaucracy of having to report, having to agree with those that they gave the money, what will be the study design. And as a result, I think we took the risk, but we were able to cross the finish line uh, sooner. The second decision that we made was to give it at a cost, as you know, the price is known in the US, it's the price of a meal. Uh, clearly, the value that the vaccine brings to the world is uh, way, way higher. The economic value, not only the health value, but the economic value that uh, brings to the world is tremendous. So we decided to capture a very, very small part of this value because we didn't want to, uh, to abuse, let's say, our position that uh, we could do that. Uh, so that's all I have to say. I think that the price for all Americans is free right now. The price to the government is a, a fraction of what the economy is gaining about that. And I don't think it's appropriate to discuss the price of a meal for a vaccine that saves uh, the world. It's a fascinating uh, discussion in, in different approaches to doing something like this, Alvar. You know, we, we have to go. But one last question for you. I know you were waiting I wanted also to, line like, to if, get the if vaccine. If you don't allow me, if you allow me also, I wanted to add something like that. In the low-income countries, like the Africas or some countries in the Middle East, we do give it at cost, right? So for those that even the, the low price of a meal is a problem, we do give it at cost. We don't give it at cost, but we give it at very, very low price, as I said, in the high-income countries that they have significant gains from. Sorry, man, go ahead. It makes sense. Robert, have you gotten your shot yet? I did. <laughs> I did. I did my second shot a few days ago and I tweeted about it and I felt liberated. <laughs> I now worry about my family. So they haven't, my family haven't received it yet, but uh, I hope pretty soon we'll find opportunities to get them vaccinated as well. Uh, I hope so, too. And you know now that the asymptomatic transmission is cut down. Albert, thanks again. Thank and you, Mike. Back to you. Meg, thank you. And thank you to Albert, um, not only for coming on today, but more importantly, for what he has done with this vaccine. He and his team at Pfizer, the other companies, I mean, they have given us so much hope. I can't wait to get my shot, too. Squawk Pod. We'll be right back. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane. And that's the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. As always, it's been quite a year. Thank you for being here. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 
We'll meet you back here tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.